Well, good morning again, Daniel Valdez again. It's a pleasure and honor to talk to you. One of my silly little shows back again. Um, whether you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on the YouTube channel, thank you for so much for joining me. Uh, let's get to it. Plenty of news and notes to go over. Maybe a little prediction later on the show, and um, you know, a special tribute at the end to my to a former band director who's uh, who announced his retirement this week. So, let's get to it. First things first, if you have not seen the statement that was put out by TexasBands.com, whether you're, if you're on the Facebook page or on my Instagram page, at Dan Valdrez, um, I encourage you to look it over, read it, read it with an open heart, read it with an open mind. It is in response to the, um, the situations that are going on in this country, the protests and whatnot. Um, we're 100% united on that statement, and um, we hope you'll join us in, in doing everything you possibly can to make this country a better place to live for everybody, for all. So there's that. Uh, let's get to marching band. Let's talk marching band. Today's the June the 7th, Sunday, which means a couple of things. I've already had my barbacoa and Big Red. And number two... June 8th is the next day. Yes, math. And that means summer band officially starts June 8th. Not the entire thing, but just the enhanced guidelines that are put out by UIL in coordination with local health organizations. June 8th is when you can start rehearsing. Of course, regular summer band guidelines are still in effect. These are just the enhancements in terms of social distancing and... uh, sanitization and all sorts of stuff that need to be done um, in accordance with um, local health organization stuff. So June 8th, summer marching bands back, technically, at least for some. Now from the programs I've talked to and and from what I've seen so far, your band program's probably falling into three different categories starting June 8th. You're either in the full force category, which is we're gonna go. We're gonna have rehearsals this week. We're gonna socially distance. We're gonna have plans for people exiting and entering the band hall or the stadium or whatever. We're gonna do everything we possibly can to maximize the the opportunity we're given. Second camp is wait and see. Maybe we don't do anything in June, but maybe we do something in July. Maybe we. If we come up with a plan that we can all agree on, maybe we do something later on in the summer before August 1st. Um, maybe we wait for the UIL to announce some, you know, maybe let up on some of the guidelines and whatnot. We don't know. Very much a wait-and-see attitude. In the meantime, we probably do Zoom rehearsals. We probably do a lot of sectionals through um, through uh, uh, virtual learning or distance learning or whatever you want to call it. Your third camp may be your third camp is probably not allowed. District is just saying no. Stay off campus. You want to do Zoom classes? That's fine. But I don't want you on campus. Regard. I don't. We don't. We don't want you on campus until we tell you to be on campus. Whether that's August first, whether that's later, we don't know. Um, everything's again a very fluid situation. So that's kind of how summer marching band is going to go. For the foreseeable future, now, things can change. This is not something that's just going to be ironclad all the way until August 1st. 
A lot of people were concerned about that, saying, "Well, this if how are you supposed to put a marching show on if you're gonna if you if we're gonna have to keep people six feet or ten feet apart the entire time?" This is just for this is just starting June eighth, and it could la- it could last until August first. It could last until the end of the month, and then UIL says, "Okay, everybody, you know, everybody pile in and do what, do whatever you want to do." We don't know yet, so. Again, a very fluid situation. I know it's frustrating for students. I know it's frustrating for directors and parents and whatnot. But this is the situation we're in. Your kids need you. They need your positive reinforcement. So uh, we 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 make do. We make do. That's essentially that's the that's the that's the basket we're in right now. So there's summer marching band. So if I hope so if you're doing uh, if you're doing classes online and whatnot or you're actually going to be on the field, um, have fun, enjoy it. It's going to be a very unique and very interesting experience. Uh, my suggestion to you is go in there with, you know, an open mind, again, open mind, open heart, and be as flexible as you possibly can with directions and, you know, do what you <laughs> try to follow instructions as best as you can because it's 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 going to be a very interesting time and this is definitely going to be a season you're going to remember for the rest of your life so uh just get after it a uh, couple of questions i had that were pointed at me this week uh music for all regional lists a lot of people were saying hey how come it's how come we don't have regional lists yet well <laughs> the reason you have regional lists yet is because there's too much there's 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 a ton of programs that don't know exactly what they're going to be doing this fall. To go further than that, there are a lot of programs that don't know what they're going to be allowed to do this fall. So it's almost it's almost not in Music for All's best interest to post regional lists of people that have signed up and have paid money because all that stuff could change. Now, yeah, when they post regional lists, and it's usually they usually post these lists uh, when the deadline, when the money deadline is has hit. The thing about that is that money deadline already passed. It was supposed to be May fifteenth. That's what's listed on the application. Obviously, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, I would imagine that 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 um, date has been pushed back. And I know. Not just Music for All, but a lot of march band organizations have reached out. Even people that are running, even band programs that are running local contests, have reached out to other programs, saying, "Okay, what, what do you need from us? What do you need? How can we help you get on the field this season?" And that's a very difficult question to ask. It's a very difficult question to answer too, because again, a lot of things are up and in the air. So we don't really know. So yeah, that's why we don't have regional lists. It's because we're still trying to figure out who's going to go to what contest. And it, th- that's dependent on a lot of factors. Could be the district restricts travel. It could be that the that the band program collectively decides, "Hey, maybe we maybe we cut down on um maybe we cut down on props. Maybe we cut down on um you know, Choreography. Maybe we cut down on all sorts of stuff in order to save money because that's a that's a big programs are taking a lot of financial hit and a lot of fundraising opportunities are going to be very difficult to come by because 
the businesses that they usually reach out to are having issues staying alive on their own. And that's it's very hard to ask people for cash, ask people for money, when the business is barely surviving. I know that's a case for a lot of programs and a lot of businesses too, and I, I really hope that gets solved sooner than later because I know a lot of people are hurting. Here's the... Here's a little bit of a harsh reality. And I'm not going to give specifics or anything like that. And keep in mind, I kind of make it a policy here to not talk about information that isn't public yet, like real specific information that isn't public yet. And, the, and especially when it comes to ban programs and like, hey, we're not going here or hey, we're going to go to this pro- contest or whatever. I like the programs to announce that themselves. That's their business. That's something that you, you don't want to hear that from me. <laughs> you want to hear it from the band program themselves. Uh, so I kind of shy away from that. Uh, unless they post something publicly, then obviously, you know, that, that, to me, that's fair game. But other than that, I leave names out and, you know, I don't, I don't like going down that road. With that being said, um, I know that there are programs that have already had to make tough decisions about where they're going to compete this season. And there are going to be even more difficult decisions coming in the next couple of weeks. And this thing is not just for a marching band contest either. There's going to be a lot... There's going to be a lot of stuff that, you know... Band, imagine, being a, imagine being a band director right now. Not only are you having to completely rework how you teach your program but you're the one in charge and you're the one that has to break news to you know to sombering news to to kiddos that you know have invested money and time think about the seniors that have invested three years three hard-working years into a marching band program and they're ready to take a big trip wherever it may be whether it's in state out of state and you have to tell them that that trip isn't happening for whatever reason. And the, the reasons are going to be varied. They're going to be finan- there's going to be financial reasons. Hey, we can't afford not, maybe not the band program can't afford it, but I mean, there are families that were supposed to take spring trips and then those trips got canceled and then they had to fight to get that money back from vendors and not, I mean, there were some situations where not everybody got their money back. So you've asked your parents to send you to a spring trip, wherever it may be, in country or out of country, wherever. And now you're asking the parents to spend even more money to send you on trips during the fall. And a lot of families, you know, mom or dad may have lost their job. And they may not be able to go back to work right away. And that sucks. And that's another financial burden that, that the families are being, that are being, uh, that's something that families are having to deal with. And um, at some point, a band program's got to make a decision. Hey, are, is this something that's, are these trips even worth doing at this point? If they are, then we go forward. If not, then, you know, that's a decision each band program is going to have to make. Every Everyone's situation is different. Every program situation is different. 
I just know that don't be surprised within the next month that you see some programs maybe drop contests, modify how they're going to do their uh, contest schedule in the fall. Um, a lot of tough decisions have been made and are going to be made. Um, we just hope, we pray for the best, and hope that the kids get a safe and fun and educational experience no matter what the situation is this fall. I know a lot of programs are starting to reevaluate, hey, are we going to be able to do this show that we originally planned to do? Or are we going to have to scale that back? Music for All, as far as their last statement went, they're proceeding as planned. They're proceeding as if they're going to have a marching season, which is great. I love that optimism. That's awesome. I'm all, I'm all for it. We'll see what that environment looks like uh, this fall. And uh, again, a lot of stuff needs to fall in place. A lot of stuff needs to fall in line. But we be hopeful. We be we be we be hopeful. We be kind. We be good. We do whatever we need to do uh, in order to make sure the kids have a great experience this fall. Here's a major prediction. But that, with all that being said, here's a major prediction for me. And I usually don't make these, um, especially when it comes to band programs, like for contests and stuff. I usually don't make lists like here's who I think's gonna make final like I usually don't do that directly uh but here's something for the fall that we need to kind of prepare ourselves for again I don't have any inside information I don't I'm just a fool but with what I'm seeing going on in sports um I would be very, very surprised if fans were allowed inside marching contests this fall. I would be shocked if fans were allowed inside the stadium this fall. Just because, well, let me paint a picture. I want to try to give you context because it doesn't make any sense to say something like that and then not really back it up. Imagine it's a typical weekend in September in the state of Texas. You got high school football. High school football games are usually played on Friday nights. So what has to happen there? Well, with the whole pandemic stuff, we got to figure out if we're going to have a football game, which I think we are. I think we're going to get football this season. Okay, so you got football. Who's allowed in the stadium? Who's going to be allowed in the stadium? Obviously the football teams, obviously the trainers. But do you allow fans in the stands? How do you determine that? Who, how do you determine who gets to go in and who gets to go out? Is the band going to even be allowed in the stadium? If so, uh, how do you socially distance them? Is the dance and drill team going to be there? Dance and drill team going to be up to like 60 uh, people. So how do you socially distance them? Are the cheerleaders going to be allowed to be there? And again, the fans, are they going to be allowed? And if they're allowed, how many get in? How do you socially distance? Who decides who gets tickets? All that stuff has to be worked out. Let's say you get all that worked out. Friday night comes along, they do the football game, great. 
Now you got a marching contest, doesn't matter what organization it is. Now you got a marching contest the next morning. By the time you clear the stadium, and and trust me, you're going to have to clear the stadium completely, like kick everybody out, including vendors. Well, maybe not vendors, but we'll see. Assuming vendors are even allowed in the stadium. That's another thing, too. What do you do with concessions? How does that work? All that stuff's got to be worked out. So now that happens, you clear everybody out of the stadium. Let's say, best case scenario, you get everybody out of the stadium by 10.30. Now guess what has to happen? You got to get crews inside the stadium and disinfect everything. Everything. The press box, the uh, stands, the concession areas, everything. Any high-touch areas, railings, all that stuff's got to get disinfected. And it's not going to be just from Clorox wipes. You're going to have to use electrostatic spray. And you keep hearing about that stuff all the time. Airlines keep boasting about it because, you know, they they need people to fly their planes and to be on their planes. And, you know, businesses keep talking about that stuff. People are like, what the heck is that? Well, basically, in a layman's term, uh, it's basically disinfectant that's sprayed in such a way using a a particular machine that sprays it more like a coating instead of just water droplets and you use that on um, big surfaces planes use it all the time or they use they use it a lot now so you're going to need crews to come in and disinfect the entire stadium so they got to come in there they got to do that however long that takes I think I read something that a plane takes you know however many minutes in order to to properly disinfect it before people can get on. So you got to do that whole thing. And then guess what? If you have a contest the next morning, you're probably going to have crews come in before the contest starts and then spray everything down again. And by the way, you got to figure out who's doing this. Is the district paying for it? Uh, If you're having a marching contest, if you're a local band and you're hosting the marching contest, are are you going to have to pay people to come in and, and buy that stuff? I can't imagine that stuff's very cheap. And I can't imagine that uh, the state is just going to let you, you know, take a bunch of bleach or Clorox and have you wipe it down yourself. So all that's going to happen. Then you get to the marching contest point. You get to the next morning. And how does that work? Who's allowed in the stadium? Are you going to allow fans in the stands? And keep in mind, let's be real, real, let's be very realistic here. Can you really see a situation where you're going to have 5,000 people like Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex for the BOA Regional this year? Everyone's stacked on top of each other. Where, you know, the seats between the 45-yard lines are, have seat backs, but everything else is, is bench seating. Oh, and by the way, uh, state or local health organizations are probably going to have to put people in charge to make sure that you're properly social distancing. So you got to pay for that too, or have somebody volunteer for it or whatever. It seems like, it seems, it seems like a lot and it is a lot. We also have to keep in mind that school districts, the school district's concern for the marching contest going on on the Saturday, I would imagine that's very far down the list of concerns they have right now. They're trying to figure out they're still trying to figure out how we're going to... When are we starting school? 
Are we doing international scheduling? How does that work? We got to figure out all that stuff. And then when we talk athletics or we talk about uses of the stadium, obviously the priority is going to be football. The marching contest, again, I, I hate to say it, it, it feels like it's far down the list. So it may be, the districts may say, hey, this is an unnecessary risk. We can't have fans in the stands. You want to have, a, you want to have the marching bands here? We'll try to socially distance the programs as best as we can. You're going to need a lot of room in the warm-up area. And I would imagine that the performers are not going to be allowed to go watch the other performances. No, no more sitting in the back stands or anything like that. That's just, you know, playing devil's advocate here, sort of. It would be very difficult to put fans in the stands for a marching contest. Here's my other example. Again, I still think we're going to have football across the board. Whether fans are going to be allowed, that's a completely different situation. Let me talk about the Miami Dolphins for a second. You're like, God, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Let me explain. When the NFL finally said, the NFL already says that they're going to do, um, they're going to have football this season. The master plan, the one that they're really pitching right now to not only local or state health organizations, but what they're pitching to their fans, the plan is really, it, it's, it's by the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins play at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. The stadium seats 65,000 people. They're planning to have no more than 15,000 people in the stands. They're going to have markers on the ground telling you when to show up, which security entrance to go through, how to socially distance. you got to stand on this marker, and then when the marker in front of you is, in, is empty, you move up. You're going to basically be socially distanced by rows. All sorts of stuff is going to be in place there. You can't order concessions directly from them. You have to, you would have to order it through your phone, and somebody would have to bring it to you. you that's a big thing, especially for marching contests. Keep in mind, Hard Rock Stadium has a special accreditation from the Global Biorisk Advisory Council. It's basically like they're the, they're the first public facility to earn this accreditation. And it's you got to complete all these programs in uh, implementing cleaning ideas, different disinfectant disinfection, uh, infectious disease prevention. You got to do all this stuff in order to get this accreditation. So that's the gold standard. So the gold standard for a football stadium right now will allow twenty five percent capacity. with an accreditation, with money to put crews at work, sanitize, deep clean, socially distance, do all that stuff. So if that's the gold standard, what are we looking at this fall? It's very concerning. Paint me concerned right now. I'm always optimistic about this stuff. I really do believe we have a marching season, but it's going to look and feel different for the performers, I think it's going to look and feel different for the fans too. To 
have fans in the stands this fall is going to be very difficult to pull off. It's going to be a very hard sell. We'll see how it goes. Um, but just kind of prepare yourself just in case that happens. And again, this may be completely out of this may be completely out of UIL's hands. This may be completely out of Music for All's fans. I would imagine that it would be completely out of their hands. They're going to be told, hey, you're going to use our stadium, whether it's a district or whether it's a college or a university. Hey, you're going to use our you're going to use our stadium. These are the rules. And if you don't like it and you don't want to play along with it, then you can't have your event here. That's that's the that's the boat we're in right now. We'll see how it goes. Again, optimistic, but prepare yourself. That's kind of how this season's going to go. Prepare yourself. And if things aren't as bad as they seem, then we can celebrate and dance and do whatever we need to do. So there's that. I want to talk one minute to close out this program or show or whatever you want to call it. I want to talk about uh, Alan Sharps, who's a uh, band director at Claudia Taylor Johnson High School. Good old CTJ. He is retiring after 40 years as a band director. My goodness. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Mr. Sharps. Why am I talking about this gentleman? Well, he was formerly at Winston Churchill High School for many years, and he was one of the assistant directors there when I was at Winston Churchill High School. This man was very, very influential in my musical career. And I got a couple of quick stories to tell you. And it involves MTV, of all things. I promise it'll make sense. Um, when I was, gosh, what year was it? I don't know, it was either sophomore or junior year. On MTV, uh, there used to be a show called When I Was 17. And what they would do is they would interview... um, They would interview popular music icons and whatnot. And they would interview them, asking them, you know, what were you like at 17? What were your activities? Did you have girlfriends? Did you have boyfriends? They'd interview people that they went to school with, ask them how, what they were like during that time and what influenced them to become uh, involved in the, in the music industry. Well, one of those episodes, it, well, they interviewed uh, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell's the you know record producer, icon, rapper, entrepreneur. He, basically, he does everything. Uh, very influential uh, musical artist. And they interviewed him. Well, he went to high school in Virginia Beach and his band director... And he said it was a very, very big influence in getting into music was Mr. Alan Sharps. That was his band director. And he talks about him glowingly during the interview. And the, the YouTube video is up. I know it's up there because I, I watched it the other day. So here's the funny thing. Uh, I remember the day that the MTV crew showed up on campus. And they told us about it. They said, hey, there's an MTV crew that's going to be using the orchestra room. By the way, our band hall was our band hall was one building, but it also inca- it also had the orchestra room directly across the hall. So it was one building, band hall, orchestra room combined together with a small hallway separating the two rooms. They said MTV's here. They're interviewing Mr. Sharps. The orchestra room is closed. Don't even go by there. Don't even try to peek in there or anything like that. We're like, what the hell is going on? That's awesome. What do you mean they're here to they're interview, here to interview Mr. Sharps? It's amazing. So immediately he got this giant boost in street cred. <laughs> Mr. Sharps was one of the most level-headed people you'll ever meet in your life. 
doesn't get too angry, doesn't get too happy. He's just level-headed the entire time. That's how he ran his rehearsals. It, it, was, it was incredible to watch. Uh, so naturally, we would try to peek into the orchestra room, and of course, it had butcher paper over the wall. So it, Pharrell talked about how he was so influential and how he uh, you know, would write... Mr. Sharps would write cadences with beats that would be kind of like kind of taken from Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Pharrell thought it was amazing that this guy who seems so level-headed would be able to write some really fat beats for the drumline. Uh, I remember that. I remember that day. It was incredible because, like I said, it's just a big boost in street cred. And then we got to see the um, we got to see the episode several months later. It was it was really neat to see him on television and watch somebody who's a music icon talk about how Alan Sharps helped him get there. It was really eye-opening. It was really awesome to, to... It was really... I'm sure it was an amazing experience for him. Here's the other story. Uh, I was never in Mr. Sharps' uh, band, but he did conduct the Wind Ensemble when I was a yeah, the, uh, sophomore year. He conducted one piece... It was Away Day by Adam Gorb, and if you've never played that, when I'll t- if you never played that piece before, it is incredible. It's so awesome. Uh, my hope is that everybody gets to play that piece at least once. It's really neat. Uh, anybody who knows Mr. Sharps knows that he's a timing guru. Like, I'm pretty sure he has a metronome going off in his head, twenty four seven. He's that good. And you get, I mean, you, you don't be in the business that long without being that good. So he would get up there on the podium, and I'm front and center, oboe player, first row, directly in front of the podium. And you would think that you entered in on time, but he'd stop you and like, nope, slide, slightly early, nope, slightly late. And I'm like, it, he made you listen. He made you pay attention. He made you, like, you were on the edge of your seat, like, I gotta get this entrance right. We gotta get this entrance right. He made us better players simply by getting us to open our ears and really listen to each other. And he said one thing, and it's one of the most influential things a band director has ever said to me in my life. He was talking to the band, and he was talking about tuning. And he comes up with this example. He goes, this is, here's how you view tuning is like driving. It's not, Hey, I'm in tune. And he's holding a, a, an imaginary steering wheel, not moving his hand at all. It's, Hey, I'm in tune. And he's making minor adjustments to the steering wheel. And something clicked in my brain. I don't know if it was because I was learning to drive at that point I don't know if it was because I was really wanting to drive at that point, but him saying that absolutely sent off a light bulb in my head. And I was like, I got it. I got it. It took me forever to figure it out. I was a pretty decent player, but he said that he he gave that driving analogy and it clicked. It clicked immediately. It was like, okay, I got it. Perfect. I don't think anybody else could have said it in the way that he did. I'm thankful for him. Uh, congratulations, Mr. Sharps, on a, an amazing career. Enjoy your retirement. Enjoy your family. Um, 
and just thank you for all your contributions and thank you for helping me. Um, thank you for helping me in my my musical career. Thank you so much, Alan. I'm done here. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you all next week, unless something really crazy happens, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, plug my microphone in and scream at you some more. I'm done here. I'll talk to y'all next week. Y'all stay safe. Be careful. Enjoy your experience. June 8th, Summer Marching Band. It is on. Get after it. Let's get to work. And uh, let's hope for the best. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye.